We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. to Laying the Points, brought to you by MyBookie and Untuck It. My name is Matt LaMarca. You can find me on Twitter, at Matt LaMarca. And I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Kyle Dvorak, who you can find on Twitter, at Kyle Tweets here. Kyle, coming off a 5-0 week, first perfect week of the season for either of us. How does it feel, my man? Uh, You know, I'm not going to lie. I kind of saw it coming. You know, I think every week I'm just prepared to go 5-0, and when I don't, it's a disappointment, and I've failed my family. So for once, uh, no, I, I was excited. I, I think I caught some. I mean, obviously it's a ride hot to go five and zero, but I did catch uh, a good beat with the my bookie line. I think being like a half point different than other lines on. I want to say the San Francisco game. So that was a, a nice beat, and uh, you know, but brings me to one win away from you. Uh, although you do have a tie, which uh, will end up being being backbreaking for me if that's what causes me to not beat you on the season. But uh, yeah, exciting to get into this week, particularly just coming off a hot week. So let's get into it. Yeah, one game back in the win column, two games back in the loss column. You're one and a half games back. You know, that's, uh, that's, that's a one week difference right there. Big swing last week. Uh, but I'm proud of you. You know, I feel like you deserved it. You've been you've been trying to speak five and zero into existence, basically since the start of the season. So you finally managed to accomplish that. Uh, before we get into this week, I just want to remind you guys about Rotoviz Patreon. 
Rotoviz Patreon is rolling as we head towards the fantasy playoffs. Gain exclusive access to the Rotoviz Radio Slack channel, where you can ask questions and gain league-winning advice from many of the podcasts and writing team. Get ready for the playoffs. Become a Rotoviz Radio patron today to join an exclusive community of listeners. Access premium content and do your part in helping the network to grow and continue to produce high-quality industry-leading programming. And speaking of exclusives... As a loyal podcast listener, you can get 10% off a Rotoviz NFL Pass right now. It's available through the NFL Podcast homepage, rotoviz.com slash podcast. Get ready for that playoff push, gain unlimited access to all of our NFL content and tools, so you get an amazing value and support the podcast network. Once again, rotoviz.com slash podcast. Uh, speaking of the fantasy playoffs... I just want to put this out there. I'm proud, and I need to tell somebody, Kyle. I know what you're going to say, and I'm proud of you, too. It's super cool. I, I know what you're going to say. Go ahead. Scott Fishbowl. Yeah, started, man. Started with 1,200 teams of, you know, quote-unquote fantasy analysts and fans, and we are down to five undefeated squads, and I am one of them. So I feel like I've accomplished something. I don't get anything for this. You know, this is, I mean, if you win the Scott Fishbowl, you do get a trophy, but like, there's no monetary incentive or anything like that. But I, Dude, for some for the reason, brand, though. it's good brand value. For some reason, I'm just like way into it right now. Like, I really want to just run, at least for the regular season, I want to just run the table. So that's my goal. But let's not talk any more fantasy. We are here to discuss the week 12 lines. We will start. As usual, with the Sunday games, 1 o'clock starts. Uh, the Thursday game, we will cover last, just like we did last week. Let's kick it off with the Miami Dolphins. They are going to Cleveland to take on the Browns. Browns are favored by 10.5 points, and we have a 44.5 point total. So Miami kind of came back to reality last week. They got trashed up in Buffalo. Uh, and Cleveland is rolling all of a sudden. Like There are people saying that... They could make a playoff push because the AFC is is pretty weak and the Browns' schedule from now till the end of the season is a cakewalk. So what do we think about Cleveland here as a pretty large home favorite, Kyle? Yeah, so for me, I like Cleveland has been definitively a bad football team all year. They're like bottom uh, what is it? Bottom five ATS this season. Whereas, especially in recent weeks, Miami, like I like last week, withstanding Miami has done a pretty good job coming off of going into Buffalo, back to back wins, uh, covering the spread multiple times. They're 500 ATS now. We've got uh, Cleveland without Miles Garrett, who I think is one of the few defensive players who I think you could like definitively assign like just a, a pause, like a definitively say he makes a impact on the line and like has a positive like wins above replacement if you wanted to like take in like baseball terms or whatever so i kind of want to continue to roll with miami am i crazy for going miami here i just think uh cleveland's going to be kind of a public team correct me if i'm wrong this week no and I kind of actually back. people are on the dolphins people like that's the fish. that's surprising i mean the the logic is is that cleveland has been so bad all year that they don't deserve to be favored by 10 and a half and I don't necessarily disagree, but Miami is, is an, like another level of bad compared to Cleveland. Like I, I get that their records aren't all that far off. You know, Cleveland's four and six, Miami's two and eight, but Cleveland has just been far more competitive this year than the Dolphins. So 
I get why people are siding, you know, with a, you know, like if it's two bad teams, why don't you just grab the points? I get that logic. But for that reason, I'm going to side with Cleveland. All right, Denver Broncos at the Buffalo Bills. Buffalo favored by four points. Total on this game, just 38. Kyle, the the Broncos, they came through for you last week. Will you be going back to the well or maybe taking a chance on the Bills, who came through for me last week? Yeah, no, no, no love for the Broncos. Like, thanks for the thanks for the win last week, Denver. But no, I actually think I'm like, man, this is doesn't feel like a lot of points for the Bills to cover after like handling Miami. It wasn't like a stomping by any means because most teams like 10 points against Miami, like a margin of victory of 10. Not really very special. But like I'm moving more and more towards being like very sold on Josh Allen, who's like been pretty darn effective this year for Josh Allen standards. Don't let uh, like, a game against Miami change your opinion. No, I just think it's the entire like it's I, I'm trying to encompass the entire season. Like I, last week, sure, it's it's Miami, but his whole season has been uh, largely improved. He's still not like a, a good fundamental passer, but also like the the rushing he brings is like pretty incredible. Like second in the league in pretty much every rushing stat. And normally I wouldn't care, but rushing in terms of quarterback rushing is actually like typically positive, uh, positive expected points. It's typically a efficient way to move the ball down the field. So I, I'm fine backing the Bills at home against Brandon Allen, a guy they call Brandon Allen. Um, <laughs> if your name's not Josh Allen, I'm not backing you. I'm not backing the Allens, not backing Kyle Allen, not backing Brandon Allen. I like Josh Allen here. I'm going the other way. I'm sad that I missed out on Denver last week. You know, like, Denver's been my team all season, and I let you get the win with them. And I didn't jump on board myself. Like, I'm very disappointed that I didn't take advantage. So I'm not letting that happen again. I still think Buffalo is just tremendously overrated. Like, I don't care that they beat Miami. I I thought Miami was due to lay an egg, which is why I had Buffalo last week. And that's exactly what happened. Now they're favored, you know, against a team that is competent. Like, the Broncos record does not reflect how you know competitive they've been this season they're three and seven but a lot of their losses have been close you know like last second field goal type losses either them missing or the other team making uh and i like what i'm seeing as far as the spread movement on this game this line opened up at five or even five and a half and the sharps have just been attacking it which is why it's down to four so I'm going to grab it now at four. I think that that still is a pretty valuable number. Uh, if it gets down to like three and a half or even three, then I think this becomes more of a stay away spot for me. But I do think that Denver plus four has some value. All right, next game. Pittsburgh Steelers favored by six and a half on the road against the Cincinnati Bengals. Total here is 39. Uh, Cincinnati is just abysmal. That's all I'm really going to say about this game. Yeah, I think uh, like the only like the only argument you could make for backing Cincinnati, I guess, would be that Pittsburgh is likely going to be without Juju, without James Conner, without Deontay Johnson. But like, oh, man, Cincinnati is just so incredibly bad. Like they they really make Miami look like a competent football team. Miami is anything but that. So I I tend to think just like the the we don't respect how bad the Bengals are. And even with the injuries, I still kind of want to back Pittsburgh. 
Yeah, like Miami kind of threw us all off the stink of Cincinnati early. Right? Yeah, that's that's exactly what it was. It was like a trio of like since it really for a while people thought it was Washington, Miami, the worst teams in the league. It was those two and even myself, like I thought it was those two and then you couldn't consider anybody else worse. No, it's actually the Bengals. Yeah, I mean, especially since I want to say Cincinnati lost by one to Seattle the first week of the season. Like who would have thought that would have been the the closest they've come to getting a win this year. So uh, I hear you on the injury concerns. Uh, I don't think Mason Rudolph should be favored by like seven points on the road against anybody. Uh, but Cincinnati is just like they're not just bad. They're they're horrific. Ryan Finley is a joke. Uh, I think that it's pretty safe to say that that guy is not going to be an NFL starting quarterback. And, like, where is the talent on this team? I don't see it really anywhere. Like, Joe Mixon, I guess, is okay. I guess. Like, he's fine. <laughs> but they don't even use him. Like, they've not been using him as a pass catcher, which is kind of the one thing I would want, like, my star running back to do. Uh, like, they've really just been getting Giovanni Bernard involved. So, like, they'll be with, they're probably going to be without Auden Tate as well. And I don't think John Ross is coming back. So, like, they're already going to funnel so much to Boyd, who's been inefficient. And I think I would mostly blame that on the awful quarterback play. Uh, yeah, I just can't, uh, yeah, dude, Finley's actually been awful, significantly worse than Andy Dalton. I actually, man, it's a lot for Mason Rudolph to cover with uh, depleted weapons, but I just, the Bengals are so bad. Let's be real. Mason Rudolph is only doing one thing out there. He's checking it down. So it doesn't matter that Juju's not there. It doesn't matter Deontay's not there. This this seems like another week where, uh, Jalen Samuels is going to get 15 targets. I mean, and if you look at the first time the Steelers played the Bengals, both of their running backs just ate them up in the passing game. So I think we could be looking at a similar performance here. All right, next up, Oakland Raiders favored by two and a half on the road against the suddenly red hot New York Jets. They've won two in a row. Let's, you know, let's not read too much into their opposition. Let's just say that they've won two in a row. (laughs) Are you backing them here as a home dog against the Raiders? Yeah, this game's probably a stay away from me because I don't really, like, one, you talked about their opposition uh, for context. That was Washington and the Giants that they beat, uh, beat the Giants by seven and handled business against Washington. Uh, Before that, though, they had another easy game against the Dolphins, and if I'm reading this correctly, they lost to the Dolphins. I I don't know. I think they did. did. (laughs) I think this is still a very bad New York Jets team. Uh, they don't seem to know exactly how to get Le'Veon Bell involved. He's had a lot of games with uh, very low target totals. Uh, like Robbie Anderson has been not producing, probably because Sam Darnold's just like not that great of a quarterback. And also, they just don't. They run a very non-creative offense and don't do things to get him open. I like. I'm I'm probably staying away, but I know if you made me pick, I would take Oakland. I'm taking the Jets, and I think they're going to be in my five pack this week. Okay. The one thing that the Jets do really, really well is stop the run. They're second in rush defense DVOA. They smol- they really have smothered running games for most of the year. And if you can shut down Josh Jacobs, as good as you know some of the guys for the Raiders have been this year, like Derek Carr's had a great year, I don't think he's ready to go on the road west coast to east coast and beat the Jets. Uh, This Jets team, they've looked better. And remember that despite the fact that they have an awful record and despite the fact that they do have some bad losses like the, you know, against the Dolphins, for example. But prior to the year, 
this was a team that was considered to be a little bit sleepery. You know, most of their losses this year have come with Sam Darnold out of the lineup. So now that this team is trending towards full health, I do think that the Jets could be a little bit of like a buy low team here. So I think that this is a nice spot to to grab them here. All right, let's take a quick break to talk about our friends over at Untuck It. Have you ever seen an untucked button down? They look awful. Why? Because they weren't meant to be worn that way. Thankfully, there's Untuck It, the original button down shirt actually designed to be worn untucked. No matter your size or shape, Untuck It shirts always fall at the perfect untucked length. And with the holidays near, there's no better gift for your favorite guy who needs an upgrade. Uh, seriously, I love these shirts. I go out, uh, you know, to bars occasionally. And when I do, I want to look sharp. You know, I want to dress up. I want to put on a nice collared shirt. But I don't want to tuck it in. And up until Untuck It, that was always a problem for me. If you wear just a regular button-down collared shirt and you don't tuck it in, it's too long. Untuck It is perfect if you're looking to dress up but keep that casual look. And the best part about Untuck It, they have more than 50 fit combinations. They look great on tall guys, short guys, slim guys, guys of all builds and ages. I mean, shopping for shirts is not easy for me. I'm a pretty big dude, but I can go online and have one designed to fit me perfectly. You could choose your material. You could choose your own color options. And if you don't like to shop online, check out one of their 80 brick and mortar stores. With Untuck It, your shirts will never look baggy, never look bulgy, too long, or too big again. Their website is easy to use. They have a whole page devoted just to helping you find your perfect fit. So whether you're shopping for the perfect holiday gift or just trying to craft a smart, relaxed style of your own, Untuck It is the way to go. Visit UntuckIt.com and use promo code BLUE for 20% off at checkout. That's UntuckIt.com, promo code BLUE for 20% off. All right, Carolina Panthers heading to New Orleans to take on the Saints. Saints are favored by nine and a half points, and the total on this game sits at 47. Any read on this game, sir? So I find it interesting that we're getting, like, this would uh, like traditionally be a bad spot for the Panthers regardless, but we are getting them off of just a truly awful game, basically entirely on the back of Kyle Allen's four interceptions. Uh, threw the ball 50 times and turned it over four times, didn't score once. Uh, I think this is maybe an interesting buy low for Carolina because it's just such a large spread to cover. And Kyle Allen has been, like, fine. He's been uh, just, like, middle of the road, not very good, but this is just a large spread for the team to cover. And they also have, like, obviously Christian McCaffrey, who I do think, like, matters i don't like i don't know how much running backs matter but if there were ever to be one i think it would be him and then on top of that i just like the weapons they've got around kyle allen um i don't know am i crazy for wanting to back the panthers here despite kyle allen being not very good and trending in the wrong direction after an awful week 11 yeah i'm not i wouldn't call you crazy for sure i don't really have a great feel for this game the one thing i do want to say is that i think that the you know all those carolina panthers fans who are willing to drive Cam Newton to the airport at the end of the season. Like they might be ready to reconsider that after that last game. Um, but it is, it is just kind of funny that the Falcons all of a sudden are playing like they want to win football games. You know, God forbid they played that way at the start of the season. Maybe we would have looked sharp with our uh, Falcons overtake, but they've now trounced 
the Panthers and the Saints in the past two weeks. So it's tough for me to get a feel on these two teams. I do think I'll probably side with the Saints just because they're at home. And I think that maybe this is a little bit of a buy low spot for them. Um, The public seems pretty split on this game, but there is a slight lean on New Orleans, 51 to 49. To me, this game is just a stay away. I I don't really have a great feel for it. I'll side with the Saints, but I think there are are much better spots to, uh, to try and take advantage of this week. All right, speaking of the Falcons, Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Atlanta Falcons. Falcons favored by four and a half points, and the total on this game sits at 51. Uh, the Bucks came through for another under, or I'm sorry, another over last week. I was on the under, so I got them wrong. Uh, what do you think about this game, Kyle? Is this a game where maybe you're looking at a side, or is, the, is there a total potentially in play for you here? I think both a side and a total are in play for me because I love betting me some Bucks overs. Uh, just all the all the ways I can leverage Jameis Winston's skill set of just throwing throwing bombs, I would love to do that. And on top of that, I like do you, like. Do you think that the Falcons have done like anything radically different in the past two weeks? Like, I think they've generated more pressure, I believe, uh, yeah. in the past two weeks. But is that something they can really sustain? Uh, to the point where they can also cover four and a half. Uh, I, I really tend to like the Bucks here. Just, I don't know. The Falcons have, uh, would probably be an eight game sample of being an awful defense and a two game sample of being a good defense. Still on the season, they're like one of the bottom defenses in the league. I just want to fade the, fade the recency bias with the Falcons and go Bucks all the way. And I, I might even throw the 51 over here as well. Yeah, I think that the uh I think that the Bucks are the correct side for me. Like this spread was initially three, but because of how Atlanta has looked, now it's four and a half. So we're getting a point and a half of value on the uh on the spread when you look at it what it was last week. Um I'll I'll take Tampa Bay here. This does fit that under trend that I mentioned last week. Uh, I happened to pick the one game that it lost <laughs> last week. <laughs> which is, you know, late season divisional unders. So if you look at two teams playing in a division game starting week 11 or later of the regular season, if the total is at least 44.5 points on that, the under has hit at an astounding rate. It's 182, 110, and 3 for a 62.3% cover rate, 21.3% return on investment. Uh, you know, that trend started to come into play last week, and it did go 2-1. and one. The one game that I mentioned was that Bucks game, which lost, but New Orleans had like a weird pick six in that game. It definitely could have gone under. So I'm going to keep the faith with that trend and look to find some spots to apply that moving forward. All right, Detroit Lions favored by 3.5 against the Washington Redskins. 41.5 is the total. Thoughts on this game, Kyle? So I think uh, like this game comes down to if you think Jeff Driscoll can continue to do what he's done. He's been like a moderately all right passer this season. He's got like a 6.8 adjusted yards per attempt. Uh, pretty low interception rate, like average touchdown rate. He's fine. Uh, but really, he's gotten he's done work on the ground. He's got like over 30 yards in each of his past two games. He had like 50 last week. And Washington is just very, very bad. Uh, like I don't think they really have any way of moving the football. Uh, I think it'll be interesting to see if Darius Lake can handle Terry McLaurin because at that point, Washington's going to score like zero. So uh, 
Yeah, I think Detroit, I, I like minus three and a half. I don't think it'll make my five, but uh, this just doesn't feel like disrespectful enough to Washington. Yeah, I mean, the public predictably wants nothing to do with the Redskins. 14% of the bets right now in this game are on Washington, uh, obviously early in the week. But anytime there's a team that's getting that little public support, you know that I, I'm going to be intrigued. You know, you know you'll find Matt on that side. <laughs> uh, and if you look, contrarian home dogs, so home underdogs getting less than 20% of the betting tickets. Uh, three and one this season against the spread. Overall, 102, 82, and seven. So there does appear to be some value in targeting these home underdogs that nobody wants anything to do with. I don't know if I actually have the heart to put any real money on Dwayne Haskins, but, you know, like Detroit is not a good team either. So uh, I think that fading the public here is the correct way to approach this game, should you choose to bet it. All right, Seattle Seahawks, they are going into Philadelphia to take on the Eagles. One and a half points uh, Philly is favored by. Total here is 48. Matt Friedman has been like trashing my man Russ Wilson recently, and I don't I don't like it. So Matt, if you're listening, I need you to back off my boy, okay? I get I get your logic that if he was the real MVP, he would not be a road underdog against the Eagles, but I don't know if I agree with it. Like, we've got a West Coast to East Coast situation. Philly's not a bad team. They've played pretty well recently. Um, and Seattle stinks outside of Russell Wilson. So <laughs> all that, considered. I mean, they, they really, uh, I think that's part of the argument for the MVP is that, yeah, he's like all they have. And, uh, like, so what level of credence do you lend to this being a difficult spot for any team? That's a, a West coast team coming to play all the way across the country on a 1 PM game. Uh, like what level of credence do you lend to that? Um, I, I think it matters, but I don't think it's, uh, like a huge deal. I would say it's probably worth about a point to the spread. So, you know, with that in mind, we'll give the Eagles three points for home field and then one point for the east to west. And this line is basically saying that Seattle is two and a half points than Philly or two and a half points better than Philly on a neutral field. I think I can I think I can get behind that logic. Uh, if anything, maybe Seattle is still being a little bit overvalued uh, by the public. Yeah, no, I uh, I think that's a good breakdown of it. I think this is just, I think it's a fair line. Uh, do you know if there's been any movement? Because I know in other books this opened like Philly uh, like close to three. Uh, do you know if this has moved since opening here? Yeah, so this line was originally. Why am I? Why can't I find? It? There it is. Yeah, it opened at three uh, and is down to one and a half. The public pounding Seattle. And the Sharps, it appear, are buying the Eagles uh, now that the spread has come down a little bit. 83% of the bets so far have come in on Seattle, but only 65% of the money is on Seattle. So the Sharps appear to like Philly, as do I. I think that this is a good spot to buy low on Philly. They played New England very tough last week. Like they, They very easily could have won that game, in my opinion. Yeah, so like a, a very minor thing, but I also do think that Jordan Howard being out is a good thing for this team because Miles Sanders has just been like a very dynamic player, and he's also been used in the passing game, which is where like I uh, the only thing I care about my running backs doing. So I think uh, yeah, I actually like especially with the the line moving in favor of Seattle, buying low even just in the line movement with Philly. I think 
coming into this, I was more neutral on it. But uh, you sold me. I'm probably getting Philly in my five. Yeah, I mean, uh, the the status of the Philly pass catchers, I think, is more important than the status of, uh, you know, Jordan Howard. And we'll see what happens right now. Alshon Jeffrey was a limited participant in practice. I would like to see him get back on the field. Not that I think that Jeffrey is like a true difference maker at this point, but if he's out, it's basically Nelson Aguilar and and the tight ends, and that's it. So, And Nelson Aguilar is bad. That's the thing. Yeah, he's not like, particularly he's, good. He's, he's very not good. Um, And, yeah, I think if they had a different backup receiver, I'd be much less inclined to be like, Alshon Jeffrey has to play. But, um, yeah, I, I don't love uh, Nelson Aguilar getting all that work. What happened to J.J. Arcega-Whiteside? So, like, so why, is, I, why has he not become a thing this year? I was going to say, I don't even think he's taking the field. It's not like he's been like on the field doing nothing. I could be wrong. But, uh, yeah, I, it, I, dude, I, and I love the Eagles as an organization, as like a coaching staff. It feels very wrong that he's not getting on the field. Yeah, he's just not getting on the field at all. He played yeah, he 19 did, snaps. He did get a target last week, but that's his first <laughs> oh, target. Oh, wow. <laughs> that's his oh, first man. target since week three so you would think that given all the injuries like that would have been a perfect opportunity for this guy who like the fantasy community really seems to think is good like it would have been a nice opportunity for him to make a difference but uh doesn't appear to be that that's the case let's talk my bookie right now my bookie has a deal that you need to take advantage of i took advantage of this deal last year it sounds too good to be true but it isn't. Just hear me out on this. For this week only, my bookie is offering you a risk-free bet on the Bears-Lions game up to 250 bucks. So you pick a team against the spread for up to 250 If you win, congratulations, you get your money. If you lose, congratulations as well. My bookie is giving you that 250 back. It's literally a risk-free bet for up to $250. It's a no-brainer. You cannot lose. You can only win. To keep it Thanksgiving-themed, all risk, or um, no risk, all gravy. Doesn't matter whether you're an experienced player or a first-time customer. My bookie welcomes all to come play, so quit waiting around and sign up today. Take advantage of that Thanksgiving bet. Do, your, do you find yourself wanting to bet on sports but have a lot of questions? Don't sweat it. MyBookie's patient customer service team can walk you through the process. And the best part is, if you join now, you'll still have one last shot to take advantage of their incredible sign-up offer. Log on to MyBookie.ag, make your first deposit with promo code ROTOVIZ, and MyBookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar to jumpstart your bankroll. And that's on top of the risk-free Thanksgiving bet. Let me repeat, guaranteed deposit match up to $1,000. And a risk-free bet for this week only. If you're a true football fan, or even if not, even if you're not, even if you're somebody who just even if likes you like money. money, you know, <laughs> like, which is everyone. Don't let this opportunity pass you by. You cannot lose. Do your part to support the team. Hop on the gravy train and get in the action with my bookie. MyBookie.ag, you play, you win, and you get paid. Yeah, it's just a tremendous deal. I got excited reading that a little bit because... Because you like money. Who doesn't want a $250 free bet? It's it's great. All right, Sunday at 4 p.m., 
Jaguars at the Tennessee Titans. Titans are favored by three points at home. 41 is the total. Uh, Kyle, what are your thoughts here? Is there any value in this game? Um, for me, I think I, I literally just say this every week. Uh, I just love me some fading some Ryan Tannehill, and I think I've mostly gotten burned from that. Uh, so yeah, I think Ryan I might Tannehill, say making you eat your words. This I year. know. Luckily, I don't think I've put them in a ton of my uh, my pick fives, but I, I just slander them about when we talk about the games. I'm like, well, I'm not betting on it, uh, and that's probably what I'll do again this week because at this point, he has like I don't know. The thing is. The past two weeks, he's taken four sacks in each of each of his past two games, and that's something he's done throughout his career is take sacks at a very high rate. And then beyond that, he threw two picks two weeks ago. Uh, like some shades of old Ryan Tannehill starting to bubble up to the surface. And uh, Jacksonville defense, although not like the passing defense they've been, have been generating great pass rush all season. I think like top five in sacks. So I I, I feel I feel good about taking Jacksonville. I might actually put it in the five. And this does fit the uh, late season divisional unders at 41 and given like both these teams not not high enough not high enough on the total it's got to be at least 44 and a half oh is that what it is yes well i was uh we have one more of those that i i think i've already got written down in my five uh so don't worry we will use that again yeah i've got a couple of trends that fit this game i mean the jaguars do appear to be the sharp side at least at the moment you know they are getting a pretty uh big discrepancy in terms of Bet percentage versus dollar percentage. Only 32% of the tickets coming in on Jacksonville, but those tickets account for 47% of the money. So that's a pretty good sign for them. But I, I think I like Tennessee coming off of the bye. You know, favorites coming off of the bye haven't been great this year, just four and six against the spread, but historically 157, 118, and nine. So like typically when a team is supposed to win coming off of the bye week, they take care of business. So uh, maybe the Titans are not the type of team that you would normally consider with that trend. Like you wouldn't say they're particularly well coached. You wouldn't say they're particularly talented, but I'm just going to trust the trend back the Titans and uh, hopefully roll with my boy Ryan Tannehill for another week. Is this going to make your five? Uh, probably not. Okay, cool. Because I actually I just put Jags in my five, and uh, I would immediately be pulling them if you had Tennessee in your five, given how <laughs> you've just trounced me when we go head to head. All right, marquee game. There's only two four o'clock games this this week, and I think the reason why is the NFL just wants all the eyeballs on this game between the Cowboys and the Patriots. Pats are favored by six and a half at home. Total on this game sits at forty five. So the Pats did come through with a cover for us last week, but it was not a particularly pretty cover. They won 17 to 10, I believe. Uh, that is correct. Yeah, it was It was like, I don't know, but like in my opinion, that's almost uh, one of the avenues you kind of expect or at least uh, have potential for for the Patriots because their defense has been like just truly like uh, one of the best defenses like this side of the century or whatever. So uh, I think that's kind of always in play at this point, but it was uh, convenient that like Philly didn't manage to backdoor cover anything because they were driving late in the game. Right. Yeah. No. I mean, the the Patriots' offense is the big concern at this point, mm-hmm. not their defense. So I'm not betting against New England. I can't do it, but I do. I am starting to wonder if maybe they're a little bit overvalued. Yeah. I. Yeah. I'm just staying away from this game because, like, I don't know. Everything sets up for. New England, I, I feel like everything sets up well for New England. Um, 
the one thing is they have kind of been beat by rushing quarterbacks. Obviously, we saw it by Lamar Jackson. Uh, I don't know about beat, but rushing quarterbacks have produced on the ground. That's like an efficient way to run the ball. So it does kind of set up well for Dak in that respect. But outside of that, like, give me one of the best, like, give me the best coach in the history of the NFL versus Jason Garrett any day of the week. Uh, you know, give me the Patriots just blind betting them every day of the week. Probably not, uh, like for the reasons you said, not putting them in my five, but I'll still back the Patriots. You know, just just put me down for the Patriots every week. <laughs> yeah, I mean, why not? They continue to just win. <laughs> it's sometimes I think we get to we we get to like cute. Like we talked about it at the beginning of the year. Just bet the Patriots every single week, and you've taken that more to heart than I have, and. <laughs> You've won quite a bit with them, so I don't blame you for for liking them again. All right, Sunday night football, Green Bay Packers at the San Francisco 49ers. San Fran only favored by three points here at home, which feels low to me. Um, I get that the Packers have Aaron Rodgers, but the 49ers are better literally everywhere else. So this is a good you know, sort of like litmus test, quarterback versus the rest of your roster. What's the most important position? I am personally siding with San Francisco. Uh, if they get guys like George Kittle back, I think that this line is is like a few points too low. But even if they don't, I still think San Fran should be able to like dominate this game basically everywhere outside of the quarterback position. So I will be taking San Francisco minus three. Uh, I think that this is a, a play that I'm locking in right now because I think that there's some nice value with this number. Yeah, I, I will say George Kittle has not practiced yet as of Wednesday. I, they're, I don't think they're getting him back. I don't think he really has a shot to play. But uh, you are right like about everything else. And uh, like I, I'm just, I, I am completely deferring to you on all San Francisco-based bets because I've doubted them all year. Luckily, you've been so confident in them that uh, I've typically not been betting against them. And the only times we bet against them, like uh, was last week with Arizona, I think. You know, that's the one, the one exception I'll make. It's just bet Arizona all the time as well. So uh, I'll defer to you on this one just because, like, you've been consistently right about San Francisco as a team. Yeah, I mean, Green Bay right now has the edge in offensive DVOA. They're fifth. Uh, according to Football Outsider, San Fran is 16th. But on the defensive side of the ball, San Fran ranks second, while Green Bay is all the way down at 18th. Uh, and they're only 28th in rush defense DVOA. So that doesn't set it up well for a matchup against a team like San Fran that loves to run the football. All right, Monday night football game, Baltimore Ravens. Favored by three points on the road against the Rams. Why have the mighty have fallen for the Los Angeles Rams? I know that they beat Chicago last week, but literally no one cares that you beat Chicago. Yeah. You want to get back on the radar? This is a game you need to win at home against the Ravens. Do you have any feel on this contest? Uh, So I I am totally rolling with the Rams are bad at football at this point insta fade on site and i uh, i totally love you know me i love backing me some baltimore ravens so I, I just kind of think that this is like i get it they're on the road but uh i'm still backing baltimore here i just think the rams are truly like a very middle middle to below average team and baltimore is a top three team in the nfl i'll take the the ravens here i don't want to say easily but i really like them yeah I, this would have been a big play for me like if the the spread didn't move so much, but this game literally was was a pick 'em 
you know, in advance of, of this, uh, this, these previous week of games. Now it's Baltimore minus three. So I think people are starting to catch on to how mediocre the Rams are and conversely how good the Ravens are. I definitely, uh, am guilty of underrating how good Baltimore is. I was, you know, Houston was one of my top plays last week and Baltimore just wiped the floor with them. So, uh, I think I'm with you. I think I'm going to side with Baltimore. I don't love the number. Like, this is definitely a spot where I think the Rams could come out and, like, play with their hair on fire. Like, this is a, a huge game for them. So, I think that they'll have, you know, the motivational advantage. But I do think that just talent-wise, Baltimore, the you know, the number is correct. So, this is a stay away for me. But I... uh I do think that, that that the Ravens are the correct side. And if we were getting this at less than a field goal, then I would probably, you know, I would feel much better about taking them. All right, let's wrap it up with Thursday night football. We have the Indianapolis Colts at the Houston Texans. Texans favored by three and a half, and the total here is 45 and a half. Thoughts on this game, Kyle? Yeah, this game, I, I don't have a strong opinion on the spread, but I do, I teased this earlier, I do like this uh, this late season divisional under, given the right total. Um, just like the Texans have seemed a bit uh, a bit hampered by not having Will Fuller. He just adds such like a dynamic aspect to the offense. In Deshaun Watson's career, based on the road of his AYA app, uh, Will Fuller, by pretty wide margin, leads all of his uh, all of his options in AYA when targeted. He's at 11.87 adjusted yards per attempt. For reference, uh, DeAndre Hopkins, amazing, like arguably the best receiver in the NFL, uh, 9.0 AYA. Kenny Still is very similar to Fuller in the efficiency, but just doesn't garner the same volume. So for me, that kind of limits the like caps the explosiveness of this offense. And then the Colts are just banged up at like every possible spot. I think. Eric Ebron and T.Y. Hilton logged limited practices, but both of them didn't practice earlier. Um, I don't know. I just I think this is a game that could be like a very boring Thursday night football game. Yeah, I could see that. I, I think that that there's a little bit of value here with the Colts. Um, you know, like you mentioned Hilton, you mentioned Ebron. Both guys were full participants today. Granted, it was just a walkthrough, but. I think that both guys are expected to suit up. So, you know, with that in mind, like the Colts are just the better team. You know, again, this is kind of similar to that San Fran versus Green Bay game where Houston has the edge at quarterback and they probably have the edge at wide receiver. But Indianapolis is just so much better everywhere else. Um, You know, like the defensive line, the offensive line, secondary. The Colts will be without... Uh, Marlon Mack, which is a potentially a big deal, but nah, I still... I, I mean, I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like it's not. I don't even think like he's at like he doesn't add anything to the passing game, which is like all I care about. And we right. saw, um, we saw uh, not Jordan Wilkins, Jonathan Williams come in and hit the hundred like hundred yard bonus as if it's DraftKings. Uh, hit a hundred <laughs> yards on like a yeah, hit a uh, hundred yards like instantly. So I like. Tony, I wouldn't even worry about that. I, I think the Colts are probably the right side of this, and I feel good about both the Colts and especially the under for me, but uh, go ahead. Yeah, no, and like you said, instead of it just being Mac, now it might be more of a committee approach. You know, they still have Naeem Hines, who was a really good pass catcher out of the backfield last year. So even if it's not one guy doing all the work for the Colts, like they should be able to to piece it together in the backfield. All right, let's get 
to the My Five presented by my bookie. Kyle, five and zero last week. Me, a pedestrian, two and three, brings me to twenty nine, twenty and one on the year. And Kyle is up to twenty eight and twenty two. We've got a ball game, fellas. Kyle, I will uh, let you pick first, and I'm probably just going to take the same five teams as you. That way, you can't make up any more ground on me. That would be brutal. I'd be heartbroken. I well, what I would do is pick. You just have to pick first every time. Be like, no, you know, I'm not going to pick. No. Uh, but for now, I will take uh, start off Bills minus four, Tampa Bay plus four and a half. I really like that one particularly. Philly minus one and a half. You you talked me onto that one, but I think you and now me are on the right side of history with that one. Uh, Indy Houston under forty five and a half, and Jags plus three. All the fade Ryan Tannehill. Never don't fade Ryan Tannehill, even if he makes you eat your words almost every week. All right, we've got some overlap. Obviously, I was kidding. I would never. I'm too much of a sportsman to to employ that, you know, price is right strategy where you bid last and you just bid a dollar over the person in front of you. That's Bush League, okay? I got too much integrity for that. Uh, I will I will say that I'm taking Philadelphia minus one and a half, and I am on the same side of you with uh, Indy Houston, although I'll be taking the Colts. You're taking the side, or the uh, the total. I feel like we're, we're on the same line of thought in mm-hmm. that game. Uh, I'm also taking San Fran minus three. I am taking the Denver Broncos plus four. And I am taking the J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 plus two and a half against the Raiders. They make it three in a row this week, Kyle. Three straight wins so they can land that beautiful number 11 pick in the draft this year. That's the new goal for the Jets. <laughs> um, I just wanted to be known, my week 17 bets, depending on where you and I stand relative to each other, we might just like, for the listeners, uh, speaking personally to you, the listener, you might just need to throw mine out the window. Because if I'm like two to three games <laughs> back, I will just, I, I'm like, I can't, I can't lose. Give it the opposite of all your bets. <laughs> then just put like a disclaimer in, like, don't take any of my bets. Yeah, we're just going pure game theory at that point. Yes. All right, Kyle, that's going to do it for this week's edition of Laying the Points. For Kyle, who you can find on Twitter, at KyleTweetsHere, I'm Matt LaMarca, at Matt LaMarca. Thanks for tuning in.